Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number zero of the Design Patterns podcast. In this podcast, our guests will talk about their careers in tech, and together we will provide you with solutions and tips for common hardships you might face in your career, just like a design pattern is a general solution to a common problem. I am super, super stoked for this. Today, we have Leon Zhu. Leon, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for being on the first episode. <laughs> sure it's this, on it's this on was really it. random yeah so yeah. uh how are you doing today you just woke up feeling good yeah i woke up feeling good you know it's uh end of the break now so i feel like my sleep schedule has been a little messed up but you know trying to fix that just to get back to school but these three well these three weeks of break have been pretty nice so i've been enjoying them so far Nice. So why don't you start by saying, uh, who are you today? What do you work on? What yeah, do you do? for sure. So uh, my name is Leon. Uh, I'm a third year student now at the University of Waterloo studying computer engineering. Um, right now, I would identify myself as a content creator. I make TikToks. I have almost 100,000 followers on TikTok. I make YouTube oh, wow. videos. Um but my real passion is probably in tech. I don't think I'm trying to delve too much into the content creation world, but it's just a passion of mine. So my last co-op, I worked at Ford as a software developer, actually, and possibly will be my next co-op as well, go heading back with the return offer. Nice. So how was the past year, you know, with COVID and everything? How did you adjust to studying in university? What was it like in Waterloo? How did that it work? Was... It was pretty rough. So basically, when COVID first struck, I was on a co-op. I was working at Pepsi, actually, as a developer. And mm -hmm. it was really weird for the sudden change because I was actually traveling a lot for that uh, for that position. Not from just from city to city because of the office situation that I was in. And for that to go to directly online actually affected my work a lot. And instead of talking and meeting with people face to face, I had to um, basically be the first round of like, I guess, guinea pigs when it came to working from home. Like that was the first time anyone had worked from home. And it was really weird to transition from seeing everyone face to face to trying to be productive from home. Um, and then afterwards, after that term was done, I actually was the first, I guess, round of students that were um, studying from home, doing classwork from their um, from home and I guess the teachers as well the professors weren't ready for the online course load they were very lenient on us so I think that summer um, study term was actually one of the easiest I've had so far so that was probably like the transition from working and seeing people and studying in class in person to online due to COVID yeah I think it was Pretty much the same experience for me i think the, so it started like in in march uh for mm -hmm. us um so basically switched entirely to online courses but at first it was really good because uh the good thing that came out of it was that you know all the lectures and tutorials were actually recorded so you can mm -hmm. watch them at any time you want yeah that was mm -hmm. so that was really yeah that was really nice for me because my sleep schedule was really terrible at that time <laughs> so i couldn't get up in time for those you know all those lessons and just being able to watch them at any time I want was really, really convenient. But then it got to a point where like 
you know part of like the best thing in university is you know all your friends and studying mm -hmm. together and yeah. you know being able to just like go to the library uh, or with your study group or something like that mm -hmm. and after pretty much being stuck home alone for a good few months started like taking a toll you know what i mean like yeah yeah you feel like you there's no one you know you just feel so bored at home too just doesn't yeah feel the same. start losing motivation kind of like when it was already summer and you know everybody were hoping like okay in summer maybe it'll be better um yeah. i don't know what it, what it was like like in canada i think it got a little bit better right yeah uh, a little towards... bit better yeah there, we were like um able to go out a lot more but um you know school is still online but definitely it was more relaxed than it is now because right now i think we're back in lockdown in canada yeah. where you can't really do anything anything and the numbers are skyrocketing again which is pretty terrible yeah so when the summer started it was like uh we're still like we still have to like study online we're still not really fully back to normal so in israel it's kind of like it was may i think like end of may where you know st stuff started opening opening up again like restaurants mm -hmm. uh but then i think it was like a month later like in july that the the cases started rising again so went back into lockdown and yeah that was really frustrating because i didn't really have a summer break so i took a few courses mm -hmm. or a couple courses in the, the summer break as well so just transitioning from basically spring semester to summer semester having no break studying online was like really difficult yeah um so yeah that's kind of like the experiences with <laughs> with that uh can't wait get can't wait to get back to normal honestly i don't know if that'll happen before i graduate so i'm in my senior year right now mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. next semester is going to be my last one uh yeah that might be rough i heard some people um estimating it might not be normal until like next year which is yeah, crazy I don't like know. two years in quarantine that's that's nuts <laughs> yeah it's like mostly the fact that you're not going to be able to like see i don't know when's the next time i'm going to be able to see you know my friends from university yeah. and stuff so that's difficult <laughs> but yeah uh you mentioned so you mentioned you worked at uh ford so yeah. you started there when it was already like it was already after COVID. like covid started right yeah. mm -hmm. so what was that like you know working i'm assuming you were working remotely yeah working from home yeah yeah so yeah. how did you adjust to that you know a new workplace um what was that like so i guess in the beginning it was a little bit slow since they had to ship everything to me so basically the previous call before me had to ship all the stuff back to ford and then they had to go through yeah. all the stuff and ship it to me so i actually ended up getting all my equipment like pc and uh hardware bench and everything actually i think half a week later than i started so the, for the first few days, actually, I don't think I actually did much except just talking to the manager, to my manager and getting set up or like him just sort of um, teaching me on what I should, um, I guess, or briefing me on what I should uh, study a little bit on so I can be more prepared once I get all my equipment. The first two weeks were a little bit slow, you know, getting set up with the PC, the new hardware bench. This is the first time I had to use, I guess, a test bench, um, especially for Ford. It was very hands-on. And I think working from online, that was really difficult because with hardware, there's a lot of things that can uh, go wrong. And I found myself throughout the term, a lot of the time, 
since it was online reaching out for help i usually have to wait a little bit because people are usually busy so i wait just sit there half a day you know not really um being able to do much being stuck on an issue and just waiting for someone to reply to me but other than that the team the the team i worked with was actually really helpful they were really you know engaging they were always asking me what they can do to help so I think because it was already, I think maybe five months into COVID, they had the situation a little bit under control with the working from home. So it wasn't as bad. Um, So yeah, that was how my, basically how the co-op experience was. Yeah. So you talked about, you know, having to wait a long time for, you know, people to respond to you. Um, I guess that's kind of like the difficult things when, you know, pretty much when working from home everybody have their kind of like own schedule so yeah when we were working at the offices pretty much everybody come in usually at the morning 9 a.m or something leave around five and now you have people like working during nights or working during mornings um really depends on the person but did was your team like based uh in canada or was it kind of like an international team so you had to like deal with like time zone difference and stuff it was based in Canada, but we did have some people that um, had to message who were in Germany. So mm-hmm. that was a completely different time zone. So we would message them, I think, at night, and then they'd be responding, you know, during yeah, that time. Yeah, I think it's like, like a five-hour difference. Yeah, it's yeah. A really weird. It's not like a, you know, it's not like a 12-hour difference where you know they're like, it's nighttime for them and it's daytime yeah. for us. It was really abstract. But yeah, and we also had some people working... In, uh, in the U.S. since Ford is based in Detroit. So that wasn't big time difference at all. I don't think there even is a time difference for Detroit. So that was mm-hmm. very nice. But most of my team was uh, in Canada. I see. And what were you doing there? So one of the things that was really interesting to me, so just a little bit of background to for those who are listening. Um, so I found Leon through YouTube, kind of just saw his day in the life video of... Uh, software engineer intern at Ford and that really caught my eye because I I didn't like I have never talked to anybody that worked at like a automobile company mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. like at Ford yeah. for example uh, I don't really know what software engineers uh, do there um, uh, right so why don't you why don't you explain a little bit of, about that um, what was your job what, do you, what were you working on like projects you did stuff yeah so actually, after working at Ford, I realized how actually intricate a vehicle can be. You know, there's so many components that go into a car. It's ridiculous to think that some people think there's no software at all in the vehicles. Um, so the part I worked on was the infotainment system, which is the, in- the entertainment system of the car. And yeah. you might think, you know, that's just playing music, um, watching movies, apps, etc. But actually, the infotainment system has to communicate with the whole vehicle, basically, um, such as um, some safety features, such as the seatbelt, if the door is open, doors unlocked. Um, These features have to communicate with each other so that um, the vehicle can be as safe as possible, because I guess that is the primary goal of the vehicle. Um, Mm -hmm. for it to be as safe as possible for all consumers so for example you wouldn't want your consumers to be able to watch a movie while they're driving so you will have to allow the infotainment system to communicate with the vehicle to know how fast the car is going and to use this information to restrict um, access to certain applications so I worked on 
um, there, there's a new project at Ford that's going on. It's a little bit confidential, but basically they're trying to um, start this new project and have a lot of new things basically start from scratch. So building this architecture up from scratch is what um, me and my team were working on throughout this whole term. And I was just assisting them in trying to get this um, uh, in this new project deployed. And I was doing a lot of testing for them. And I worked on a few projects myself. I see. Yeah, sounds really interesting. So the team was, the, how, how large was the team? How many team members were there? So there's actually um, a lot of teams. So my manager oversaw um, quite a lot of teams. I think there were about maybe, I would say, 15 teams of uh, small teams, each dealing with the component in the vehicle. So my team was a common components team. So we dealt with the network issues or networking between um, the vehicle systems. And my team, I think only had about six people within it. And was it your first time kind of working with, uh, with an actual like team or did you have any experience prior to that? because obviously in university, most of our courses are, you know, like either do mm-hmm. homework on your own or projects are usually in pairs uh, or stuff like that. So yeah, what was that so, like for you? So um, in my previous co-ops, um, my last co-op was at Pepsi. So yeah. during that co-op, I was actually working majority of the time alone. I had a manager who I reported to, but a lot of time I was working one-on-one with different workers. And I feel like that was sort of the situation with a lot of my past co-ops or past experience work terms. It was always me reporting to a manager and then working individually instead of with the whole team. So this time was really different and I actually enjoy working in a team. Um, I believe, I think for myself, I'm more of a team player. I play a lot of team sports growing up. So I felt more comfortable being in a team, being able to you know ask someone on my team and not be afraid of, you know, not being afraid of it being a stupid question and yeah. being comfortable being able to joke around with them. I felt like it was very comforting and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I'm assuming most of the people on your team were kind of like probably like 10 years older than yours or stuff. I'm assuming you were the only intern. So yeah. what, what was that like, you know, working with people who are in a maybe completely different mindset or like a completely different stage in their life. So you're, you're coming as an intern. How old are you? um i'm 20 this year yeah so you're 20 um mm-hmm. so what's that like you know you just mm-hmm. basically you know it turned 20 now you're working well with all those like you know software engineers or senior software engineers etc mm-hmm. um how did they look at you you know um uh, like did they give you a lot of responsibility or what? what's that like yeah so they were actually really i guess chill you can say um, at first, I when I start off at work, I'm pretty shy. I'm really reserved. But they were cracking jokes basically from the first meeting. You know, they're really inviting. Um, they just seem like really nice people. And in fact, with my manager, even though there is that age gap, we spend a lot of our meetings sometimes talking about our personal passions and what we enjoy to do and what we like to do in our side projects. And through these conversations, I realized, you know, even though there is an age difference, we all are in the same, I guess, industry. So we have the same interests. So it was actually really easy to get to talk to people on my team or to my manager. Um, 
um, throughout my co-op term, you know, some of the subjects that have been brought up through conversation is gaming. Some of them also play the same games as I do. Some of them are into the same cars as I am. And it's really interesting and fascinating to see that even though there is this age difference that I can talk to them like they're my friends. And it was really, really nice that way. Yeah. Um, so how long did you work there for? I worked there for one term. So four months. Okay. Yeah. And at Pepsi? At Pepsi, the same. Yeah. Okay. So where did you feel you kind of learned more or, you know, gained more experience? Because it's like, so by what you're describing, these were kind of like two completely different experiences, right? Because yeah. in one of them, you were kind of like working alone, reporting to your manager. And the other one, you were, you had a team that you could talk to, you can ask questions. Um, so the work is kind of like distributed there. Mm -hmm. So where did you feel you, you kind of gain more knowledge, you can say, uh, of the oh. industry since, you know, mm -hmm a lot of times like what we're doing in university is like completely different yeah. mm -hmm. from when you do your first internship but you need to start working with like tools of you know testing or like even even like git like most yeah. courses mm -hmm. at, at university you don't properly work with git you know with rebasing and you know having to do pull requests and code reviews and yeah. stuff like that so so describe that yeah yeah so at pepsi i did a uh, robotics process automation so basically automating different processes, business processes. And I feel like that to me wasn't as impactful to my career as a whole. I felt like for me, I learned a lot more on the software development side from Ford, such as you mentioned like Git and uh, Jira. Those were the things they used at Ford that they didn't really use at Pepsi. Um, so I feel like, to be honest, I learned a lot more at Ford, especially since it was also hands-on. I'm a very hands-on learner. Since I was being, since I was able to test these, um, these develop software developments on the actual hardware test bench, I felt like I learned more and retained more from that experience. And for me, um, I've always had a passion in cars growing up, so I feel like going into Ford really fit with my um passions so in that sense i also enjoyed it a lot more than pepsi i see and when did you get the job at pepsi what what uh, year were you at that time Th that was a year ago so back in january 2020 so that was the one where um midway through COVID hit and i had to transition to working from home i see um so can you talk a little bit about how did you how did you get your first job uh, so your first one was at Pepsi, right? You didn't. No, have I actually had one before Pepsi. Okay, what was that? Yeah, um, I had one. It was also another internship. It was a data management intern. It was for yeah. like a smaller company. It was, uh, I think, it's called uh, Ontario MD. So mm -hmm. they're a subsidiary of the Ontario Medical Association, and that one was basically just Excel work, <laughs> like just a little okay. bit of data entry. You know, that one was yeah. a little bit boring, to be honest. All right. So let's focus on let's focus on Pepsi and Ford. Really, mm -hmm. um, how did you get your first job at, at Pepsi? Um, how many you know? Where where did you apply to when you were uh, when you were looking for an internship? Mm -hmm. uh, how what was the process like? Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Waterloo, since I go to the University of Waterloo, um, their engineering program, where I think most of their programs have a pretty good co-op system. So through Waterloo, they have a system called Waterloo Works, where 
employers can post job postings to the site and students can apply through the site to any job they want. There's like a limit each, each I think round, sometimes the main round, I think it's only 50 applications you can apply to. But that's basically how I think most students at Waterloo find their jobs is through that system. And did you feel like it was kind of hard landing your first job? So like University of Waterloo is obviously one mm -hmm. of the most prestigious uh, universities like in the world, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to like engineering, computer science, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, so did you feel you had like a, an actual like advantage over you know, maybe people from other universities um, or maybe was it like hard because you were actually competing with other uh, students from University of Waterloo? Um, yeah, it is really nice because there were a lot of jobs being posted, but at the same time, like you said, the competition within the students at Waterloo was just crazy, you know, since um, all these job postings are open to basically any um, program. So a lot yeah. of these jobs will end up going to software engineering kids or computer science kids. And I feel like for me, it was a little bit difficult um, getting a job. Uh, so basically how it works is there's a main round where a lot of the good, I guess most people say good jobs are posted. There's usually, I think, around 300 postings, I would say, around the main round. And then after main round's done, um, there's continuous rounds where every single week, um, basically rankings is or I guess decisions on if the employer wants you um, is made. So I think main round lasts about three weeks and these continuous rounds are every week basis. So they're a lot more rapid fire. So sometimes you will have maybe one interview a week. Sometimes you can get six interviews a week, depending on the week. So for me, I haven't found a job yet in main round. Mo um, both my jobs came from continuous actually. So continuous lasts until the end of exams. So during exam season, it gets really stressful, right? Cause you're trying to study and yeah. you're worried about not getting a job. For me, all my friends had a job through main round, I would say, except for me. So I was like stressing. So I was like, oh no, like everyone else has a job. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with my resume? And I would just keep applying, keep applying. And for Pepsi, um, during that week, I had seven interviews during like around the end of the semester. So I was like pretty busy with school and to rush the seven interviews in one week, trying to, you know, also keep track of what each company is like, if I even yeah. want to work for them. Cause you know, sometimes yeah. you go to a job posting um, or a job interview, you're like, okay, never mind. This isn't what I expected. Yeah. Yeah. And then so basically with that, Pepsi, I got the offer from them and I took it. Um, I did get another, I guess, how the ranking system works is that um, if you could rank them as a one, they rank you as one, that's a match. But if they rank you as a three and you rank them as a one, if it depends on other co-ops, it's basically you know, the lowest sum gets it. Yeah. yeah. So I had another offer from another company, but they didn't rank me as first. So I didn't know what position they ranked me. Um, I didn't want to take the chance, even though I liked that job more. Um, I just thought, decided to play it safe and go with Pepsi because I was done stressing over it. Yeah. And so you mentioned, you know, you, you didn't get any like job offers from the main round and you were mm -hmm. kind of stressing out about that. Uh, what was your conclusion? Like, you know, what, what helped you actually land the job afterwards? Um, 
what did you feel like uh, uh, you know were, was lacking in, in your mm -hmm. maybe application or what, what yeah, did you actually, feel was not going your way? Yeah, that's actually a great question. So I think for me, it was definitely my resume, especially during the during Pepsi. Um, there was no excuse, you know, um, recently you can say, oh, COVID, you know, there has been a lack of jobs. So technically it is, has been a lot harder to find a internship or a job in general, but back then there was no COVID. So, you know, the only blame I would say would be on me. Um, taking a look back at my resume, uh, it was pretty bad. <laughs> like the formatting and the details, it was just not, it didn't look nice. It was lacking information. So I would definitely suggest to those who are looking for co-ops, definitely take a look at your resume, pass it around to people who are in the industry. Um, I pass it around to some of my friends who are in the upper years. So I think they were two years older than me yeah. and ask them to take a look at my resume, what they can change to it. And they give me a lot of helpful advice. And I think because of that, I was able to get seven interviews in one week compared to, I think I had one interview during the main round. Yeah, and then when you were applying to to Ford, so mm -hmm. that was a year that was this that was this year, right? A year mm -hmm. after uh, your internship at Pepsi, did you already have like more interviews, or you know it was COVID now, so it's yeah. kind of different. Mm -hmm. But did you feel like were you like more confident, you know, uh, at this point? I was definitely getting a little bit more interviews compared to before. Sorry. No I was definitely getting a little more interviews um, compared to what I had before. But since I think it was COVID, um, there was a lot less job postings. And I feel like that made it a little more difficult. But in all, I feel like my resume can always become better. Um, I would say resumes are very subjective. You know, some people like really long, detailed points. Some people like short points. Um, some people don't like the font you use. Some people don't care about the font you use. So I think in all, it really, um, it depends on whoever's looking at your resume. So, but I feel like just having a good solid resume, um, you know, one that no matter who looks at it can be like, okay, this is a pretty decent resume. I can go through it. I can tell what he has done is very yeah. essential to anyone looking for a job these days. Did you try and like tailor your resume each time for like a specific company? So obviously it's good to have like a, you know, a base for like a good resume that's kind of like mm -hmm. a general, but then if you're applying for a company that, you know, is really kind of looking for a, for a software engineering intern that will focus on, you know, kind of like operating systems or like uh, distributed systems, stuff like that. So did you kind of like, okay, give more space into maybe courses you've done uh, regarding that uh, subject or other yeah. side projects you had? Yeah. So for me, since I didn't have too many, um, I guess like too much experience on my hands, so I couldn't, you know, uh, format it in that sense where I could uh, basically format one resume to web development and format one to embedded systems. Um, for me, I had two separate resumes, one with my experience on the top and one with my projects on the top. So with my projects, I worked a lot on cars um, as a project. So I feel like for me, when I apply to Ford, I would definitely choose the one with a project as the first thing they see because they yeah. can see, okay, this guy has worked on cars before, you know, maybe he can be useful to us since we're an automobile company. So I feel like, yeah, um, having different resumes is definitely essential when looking for a job, especially in a tech field where, you know, there's so many different opportunities. 
being yeah. um, diverse really helps with that. And you know, you mentioned your project with cars. What what do you mean by that? Like which cars or like how how does how does that work? Because here's the thing: when it comes to like hardware and stuff like that, it's a lot harder to have projects because then you need like actual like mm-hmm. physical equipment rather than when you're doing like let's say web development or like kind of more like an algor- algorithmic uh, field. Then it's it's a lot easier. But then when you're talking about especially like computer engineering, then you actually need like you know either like like a proper hardware or like a Raspberry Pi or maybe Arduino and stuff like that. So, what does that mean? I worked on cars. What what did you do? Mm-hmm. So I'm very fortunate that my dad is a auto mechanic, so mm-hmm. he has his own shop. And growing up, I was very um, fortunate to be around cars, and he was very willing to teach me, I guess, how to fix cars. You know, basic mechanical repairs. So he actually had an old Mercedes Benz laying around, a 2003 uh, C230. So yeah. basically, he I think he bought this off one of his friends who was just sitting there, I think, for two years untouched. And I basically took it. Um, I fixed it a little bit. There were some issues with the shift. So I had to buy new parts just to make it usable and make it drivable again. And then afterwards, I decided... Okay, I'm a computer engineer. I feel like this is something I can, you know, do to sort of practice my skills on and to learn from. Um, I saw some videos online where they took out the head unit, so this, I guess, a radio unit, yeah. and they replaced it with a tablet. You know, like a Tesla. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to replicate like a Tesla, you know, that's like the rage these days, just to have a tablet as a control system. <laughs> yeah, just have like a huge tablet on a 2003 car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, uh, it wasn't a huge tablet. It was just, I think, it was a Nexus Seven. It was one of those old Google tablets. I bought it yeah, off yeah, the yeah. GG awesome for like twenty dollars, which is crazy. You can buy a tablet, used tablet, for twenty dollars. Yeah. So I got that and then I took out the stereo system and I bought an amplifier to deal with the sound issues and I placed that in there and that's how my project came to be. Wow. So yeah, good job on the hustle there. <laughs> uh, how long did that take you? Oh, I definitely slacked around a little bit. Um, I started, I think, and during my first co-op, which is two years ago, I think it was 2019 so the summer of 2019 that's when I first started and it took since Canada you know winter is pretty pretty bad pretty cold I didn't work on it during the winter so technically I would say it took about a year because after during the winter I actually ran into some issues with the audio where the amplifier somehow just stopped working and there was no sound coming from the system at all and it took Mm -hmm. me like half a year to get to that issue but but it was in reality, it probably could have took me like a month to finish everything. So is that is that your car now? Is that why you drive around or? No, no, no. So it was um, it's a pretty I guess um, it's a coupe, so it's a two door car. Yeah. And insurance on that would be really expensive, and I'm not oh, yeah, actually definitely. used to driving small cars like that. I actually like driving SUVs. Um, that's what my family drives. They like driving SUVs. So. My dad actually just took the insurance off the car in general and just put it back at his shop. It's just sitting there. Um, I think he wants to sell it. So if anyone wants to buy that car, uh, feel free to hit me up. Yeah, yeah. all these links will be in the description below. So (laughs) definitely hit him up if you're interested in a rare 
Mercedes from 2003 with an actual Nexus 7 tablet. So mm -hmm. I think I think it's definitely one of like the <laughs> it, it's got to be like the only one in the world or something like that. Like <laughs> probably, but you that's know, so random, not, right? Definitely not the best car you can buy, but I would definitely sell it to you for very cheap if you, any of you guys are interested. Yeah, the the price of the Nexus is not included, so it's on the house. <laughs> like yeah, and. So yeah, that was kind of like about resume. Um, now let's talk about a little bit about, you know, the actual interviews. So obviously mm -hmm. when you apply for a job, okay, that the first kind of part is, you know, to send your resume and then they take a look at it and like, okay, uh, that's kind of interesting. And then there are next, uh, you know, the next stages. So at Pepsi and Ford, what were, what were the stages like? So was it straight after reviewing your resume? Was that like a technical interview or was there something in between? What was afterwards, et cetera? So I start so with Pepsi, I've, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So with both of them, since it was in continuous, um, mm -hmm. since continuous is really fast paced, um, they basically, I think the employers basically just look at your resume and they invite you out for the interview. And by, I think within a couple of days, they'll tell you if you got the job or not. So it was really fast paced. It was just straight. They took a look at my interview, invited me to, I mean, they took a look at my resume. They invited me to the interview. Um, I think for Pepsi, it wasn't as technical. Um, the hiring manager didn't ask me too many technical questions regarding coding. It was more um, soft skill based about my past experiences, my past projects. So that one was more easygoing. With my Ford interview, it was a little bit more technical. It wasn't one of the more um, harder interviews I've had throughout the years. It was pretty basic. I think he asked me about linked list through uh, yeah. with C++, which is like pretty simple. I yeah. think he sent me a link. A lot of interviewers will um, send me a link and then they'll take me to, I guess, a questionnaire coding type of website where they can see me code in real time. And yeah. that's where I just, you know, explained to him how a linked list works. And it was really simple. I think I did mess up a little bit. Um, but I think it was because I was really nervous that day and he was yeah. very understanding. He was really nice about it because I think he knew uh, I knew about it because I, I, I was explaining everything basically as it should be. But some of the harder interview ones I've had, um, questions I've had were more about um, C as a language, about object-oriented coding um, yeah. in general. So. I feel like when you go into these interviews, you should always be prepared, be prepared to get, um, to answer these type of questions and not only rely on your personal skills or anything like that. And what helped you kind of prepare for these interviews? Were you going over like lead code problems or HackerRank or any other website? Um, were you going over, you know, the slides of previous courses you took or maybe any, you know, online courses and stuff? uh just kind of describe the preparation for you know for the interview stage because i know that's like really exhausting and it's a really long process um, yeah so i don't um uh, for me um i would usually look at my old i guess course notes so i took a course on like um programming algorithms so um graph graphing algorithms and stuff like that um although no one has really asked too many questions about that I had an interview that was a lot more technical where they asked about um, bread first search and which uh, search method would be the fastest, stuff like that. 
Um, but I feel like it's always after the interviews where I realize, oh, I need to study on that. So I don't, I guess for me, my tip is to people who are looking for jobs is don't be scared after an interview. If you did bad, just take what you learn, what you know you're lacking now and take that into account for your next interview um, and study that the next time. So for me, my actually, actually um, during Pepsi, during when I was looking for Pepsi, I had a Ford interview as well. So I actually wanted Ford a year prior to actually getting it. Um, that interview was probably the worst interview of my life. It lasted, I think, five minutes. It was just me coming in, sitting down, saying hi, and then going straight into technical questions and me not knowing anything. I was just saying, uh, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. And lasted only five minutes. The person was like, okay, thank you for coming. And it was probably the worst feeling ever. But from that experience, I learned okay, I need to study a lot more to be prepared for these type of questions. And it was on me to go and study these things beforehand and be prepared. Yeah, I think I want to touch on that again, because that's a really good point you made there, you know, kind of, you know, the more you interview, basically, the, the better you get. That's the thing, like, you shouldn't look at it as, um, you know, your success rate, or, you know, how yeah. many interviews did you go to? And how many exactly. job offers you got back? Because, mm-hmm really all you want is, I mean, you can only work at one job usually. Yeah, so yeah. really all you want is to get, is to land your, like, uh, your favorite job or your dream mm-hmm. job or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes it'll take, you know, more than one year, you know, for, for example, in your case, you know, you didn't get into Ford the first year, but then you got to Ford the next year. Um, and, you know, maybe that, you know, the fact that you worked at Pepsi definitely kind of helped you to, to mm-hmm. get into Ford, you know, more experience. So that's a really good point. I think uh, for anybody who's listening, you know, the more the more interviews you do, it's really like, you know, just trial and error, right? Yeah. The more interviews sure. you do, the more questions you solve, uh, the more time you invest, that's going to make you better. And it's really okay to like fail job interviews or sometimes mm-hmm. not even yeah. not even passing like the you know the stage or like reviewing your resume. Mm-hmm. Um, because all those things really help you to, to kind of like master your skills master your resume you definitely don't want to be in denial though because i know some people you know they don't get interviews and they blame it on you know the companies they're like oh what's wrong with um no my resume is really nice but most of the time if if it's not working it's probably on you i would say so definitely you have to be self-reflective and look at yourself yeah definitely that that's also a really really good point um now let's go back a little bit. You mentioned, you know, that, so you're in computer engineering, then you mentioned all the software engineering kids and mm-hmm. computer science kids. Mm-hmm. So what is kind of like the main difference, I guess, between, uh, you know, computer engineering and like software engineering, so computer science. So between between software engineering and computer science, there isn't that much difference. Yeah. Like software yeah. engineering, I think, is like another year. Is that the same in Canada, right? Like, um, no, like in Canada, there's actually all five years. So all these three programs at Waterloo, oh, at least, is five, five years. years. Oh, yeah. Wow, so because okay. for us, we start co-op or internships first year. So and then it alternates. So every other, I guess, semester we're on co-op or study term. Okay, so it's a little bit different in Canada. Mm-hmm. So what what is the difference between these three, um, and why did you choose computer engineering? So from what I know of. Um, I think software and 
and computer science are, I guess, ranked as one of the hardest in Waterloo. And then computer engineering comes below those. So for me, when I was applying, to be honest, I didn't think I could even get into computer engineering. So I didn't even try um, applying for software engineering or computer science because I didn't think I would, you know, get in because the grade requirements for those were, I think, looking at 94 averages, 96 averages. And I didn't think I would Is be that able to high school it. only or? High school, yeah, high school only. And then, so what, how does it work in Canada? Like, what's the system for, mm. you know, getting accepted into Waterloo, for example? Yeah. Um, is it only like high school grades or do you need to do like something like SAT or? No. So in Canada, there, uh, in Canada, there is no SATs. Um, basically during your last year in high school in your senior year, you apply to as many uh, universities programs as you want. And through those applications, they usually take a look at your grades and you have to fill out some, I guess, sometimes you have to write like an essay. Sometimes you just fill out their questionnaire, which is like, oh, what did you do during high school that makes you different from the rest? You know, talk about your extracurriculars. And that's basically how the application process goes in Canada. But mostly, at the, most of the time, they'll take a look at your grades and take a look at your extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. Okay, so going back to what you were saying, so computer engineering, you applied to that, got accepted, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge win. Like I know University <laughs> yeah. of Waterloo, yeah, like it's a really, really good university. Um, yeah. so, so funny story, actually. <laughs> so yeah, my on. dad actually didn't think I would make it to Waterloo at first. So when I got accepted, he was like, oh, really? I thought you were going to go to like some other school, like Western, for example, which isn't as nice for computer engineering compared to Waterloo, yeah. which is, but it's still a good school, but he wasn't, I guess he wasn't expecting much from me. <laughs> yeah but for the difference between software engineering and computer engineering um the schedule is basically the same i think for the first year or two we had the same courses not the exact same but we had some similar courses but software engineering doesn't do as much um hardware stuff so um for us computer engineering kids we have a lot of electrical courses because technically in Waterloo, it's um, ECE, so Electrical Computer Engineering. They're basically part of the same program until third year. That's when they start splitting apart and taking our own separate courses. So my program does more hardware-related courses, and they do more mathematical and algorithm-based courses. Same with the CS kids. Um, computer science also does a lot more mathematical and algorithm-based courses. And to me, I feel like in CS, they have a lot more free time. They don't have they don't have as many labs. They have more, I guess, courses and uh, more projects. But they don't have, to my knowledge, I don't think they have any labs where they have to go in and work on stuff hands on as computer engineering kids do. So, what's it like studying in Waterloo? Um, you know, your third year now, so you have some mm-hmm. experience. Um, What's that like, you know, both like in terms of like social life prior to COVID, obviously, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, like how how hard is it, you know, the exams and all the homework you get, projects, labs, stuff like that? Yeah, so studying, I guess it's okay. I wouldn't say it's the best um, because nobody really likes to study. But during midterms is probably, I guess, the most stressful of them all. 
in Waterloo, I guess, I don't know if this is common in engineering or in computer science, but for me, at least, we have something called Hell Week, where we would have all of our exams in one week. So usually we take five to six courses. So we have usually Monday to Friday, every single, um, every single day, we will have a different exam. So that is just right after reading week. So during reading week, it's usually a crunch because you can't really study for exam after your exam that day because you're, you're already drained yeah, yeah. from yeah, writing yeah. the exam. So that's probably when it's the most stressful. During finals, I guess, since you're, you were used to the hectic of midterms, um, it's a lot more relaxed because you usually get a day, at least a day in between these exams where you can you know, take a breather and study a little bit more. Um, before COVID started, I think for me, I really enjoy going to the libraries. Um, Waterloo, I think has some decent libraries. Um, they're open 24 seven during exam season. So a lot of times you can find a lot of people there at like 3am just trying to get some studying in. And I find it really nice to see that, okay, I'm not the only one who's studying this late, this hard. It's nice to see that, you know, there's other students or even friends of mine who come with me. Um, during these times and we study together and just feels a lot more comfort comforting knowing that you're not the only one who's stressed about who's stressed about exams um, compared to when you're you know studying online it was really stressful just by yourself you don't know how far everyone else is you don't know if they're ahead of you behind you it's just a lot more um, worrisome when it's at home yeah and did you have any you know, breakdown moments uh, during all those years? Because I know for me, definitely like yeah. oh, the first year, first year mm-hmm, and definitely. second year, a lot of times, like I was thinking, dude, I really- Is it worth I, it? I just want to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, because it's so much like, it's, so that's the work. thing. Like, it's so much mental, mental stress yeah. as well. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I've really changed during my time in universe. Like I became a lot more stressful, uh, a lot more impatient, I guess. It got better <laughs> with, the, with the years because yeah. you, uh, the first, first couple of years are really really hard since mm-hmm. it's so different from high school right and like you're right yeah you, a lot of times when you go to like those really good universities then that means in high school you were kind of like the you know one of the smartest kids or yeah. you know you had really good grades and then you come to university and you kind of get slapped in the face <laughs> yeah because uh, everything yeah. is so different everything is just a lot more stressful and it's really all up to you because you also don't have to go to classes. I guess I don't know how, how obviously school is mm-hmm. in Canada, but I, I assume it's pretty much the same. Like yeah. you usually have to go to classes and stuff like that. And in university, it's all up to you. It's your own schedule. You build like every single semester, you choose your courses. Yeah. Um, so definitely for me, there were a lot of moments where, you know, I was really studying hard and then end up like failing an exam or something like that. I was like, dude like that's so you know that's so difficult yeah, yeah it's so demoralizing and it's really hard to deal with um so definitely like the mental state is a big part um that i don't feel a lot of people talk about like you really <laughs> you really need to be resilient i think i think yeah also mm-hmm. university like really especially engineering makes you really resilient um so what's that like for you uh yeah, so for me, um, as you said, during high school, I had it pretty easy. Um, high school was easy. <laughs> like, I didn't really have to study a lot. That's why I think my dad was worried about me. He never saw me study. Even though I yeah. had pretty good grades, I think my average um, going into Waterloo was, I think, a 92. 
which is not yeah. even that great. But for the work I did, it was pretty impressive. Um, so going to Waterloo, um, it was definitely a hit, a reality check where I was struggling not the first semester i feel like the first semester was like okay you know they started easy it was hard but my studying habits didn't really change too much for waterloo we didn't really have to choose our schedule for the first two years they basically chose all the courses for us and oh, they okay. set their schedule for us um yeah. so but it was still up to you if you wanted to go a lot of classes didn't have any attendance or anything so a lot of times I would find myself, you know, waking up at 8.30 and being like, okay, you know what, this class, I don't like this professor. Um, no, my friend is going, he'll take the notes for me. You know, 8.30 so is pretty sleeping. early, by yeah, the way. Eight, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for us, we had 8.30s every single day. So Monday to Friday, 8.30s. And then, so I was just like, okay, I can't, you know, I'm up at night trying to study or, you know, maybe I'm just playing games and <laughs> doing some, God yeah. who knows who sleeping at like 4 a.m., you know, because, oh, yeah. you know, you're away from university. For me, I didn't live my parents. So it was like yeah, you so. get all this freedom and you don't know what to do with it. You just feel so free. So, yeah, because you never had this freedom before. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're, you're, everything is entirely up to you. You can eat whatever mm-hmm. you want. Like you cook your own yeah. food or like yeah. order food, exactly. um, go to sleep like whenever you want. Yeah. And. I guess the only free time you really have usually in university is like during night. So that's mm-hmm, when yeah. like I would find myself a lot of times like, okay, I finished my day, you know, like watching lectures or stuff like that or going yeah. to lectures, going to tutorials, mm-hmm. doing homework. And then it's like, let's say 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. And then I just start, you know, getting sucked into random YouTube videos or some Netflix <laughs> yeah. or or like suddenly, all of a sudden, like that's when I really get creative like yeah, oh, dude yeah. you know what i really want to start drawing again or i, I just like kind of get <laughs> yeah. into music mm-hmm. um and then before you notice it's like 4 a.m already and yeah, you have class yeah. tomorrow or like same day 8 30 a.m yeah. Like, yeah yeah and it's the so, same and th- the thing about that is it's so easy to just like snowball from that because mm-hmm. yeah once you're like used to going to bed at like 4 a.m then you're like okay the next day i'm gonna try and like go to sleep early but then you go to bed and you can't fall asleep mm-hmm. so you go on your phone yeah. or you know your computer or your laptop whatever yeah. and then every single habit. day it's the same thing yeah it becomes a yeah. habit and you say yeah next day next day next day mm-hmm. um but then you, you don't just realize how harmful it is either yeah, like in the yeah. beginning you're like okay you know what whatever this is like normal it's not affecting me too much you know i'm still getting my notes i'm still studying you like try to convince yourself you know you're doing fine yeah. but in reality it's probably the worst thing ever um don't do that if you're in first year, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so going back to what you were saying, yeah, second mm-hmm. semester. Um, so I lived with my friends first first uh for first year basically. Yeah. And a lot of the times you now we would stay up all night, you know, talking, playing games, or um I know with first years here in Canada at least, you know, we they love to party. Going out to parties yeah. is probably the first year experience that everyone wants. Yeah. And trying to balance that with school, especially as an engineer, was really difficult um, sometimes, especially since if they were having parties at like um, 10 o'clock on a Thursday night and you have 8.30 on a Friday morning, you're just like, okay, should I do it? Should I not? First years usually will go to the party and end up yeah. sleeping in the next day. Um, I had a few cases where I actually slept past my quizzes where I would have oh. quizzes at like, I think 9.30 and I would sleep past them and be like, yeah. fuck, you know, it's too late. Um, but it's, 
it's a definitely a learning experience. First year, you learn from your mistakes. My second semester was probably the worst for me, where um, I guess it started off really slow in the beginning of the term, where I felt like, okay, you know, this is such a slow term. I'm like, what's the harm? You know, I don't feel the pressure yet until all of a sudden it was midterms. And I was like, wait, I don't remember doing any of this. I don't remember learning any of this. You know, I've been sleeping in class. I've been missing classes, you know. So during that midterm, I ended up not failing, but I was on the verge of failing. So the passing average, I think, for um, my program is, I think, about uh, is 60%. So your overall average has to be 60% to pass yeah. the, the term. Yeah. And I think after midterms, I was looking about, I was looking at like a 62% average. And I was like, I don't, I didn't know anything during the midterms. I was like, I was looking at this. I was like, okay, I'm doing way below class average. The class was doing so much better. Um, thing with engineering, at least in Waterloo is if the midterms average is really high, the finals will be really low because the professor wants to curve the class. They want it to be, you know, fair. That's they common will... to literally every single year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Dude, I don't know what is it like, why does it have to be that way? But mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess looking at that, I was like, oh, like I'm actually screwed. Like the class average was so high. Maybe it was, I think it was like 80% for some of the exams. I was getting 60. So that means like finals will be so much harder. (laughs) And I was just so stressed out. I was like thinking, I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe I should just drop out. It's not for me. Um, During that time, a little more personal, I was going through a breakup. So, you know, dealing with personal issues, personal life, along with, studying for school it was really stressful and i was really considering dropping out but just thinking about it i was like okay you know what maybe i was i just wasn't working hard enough um so i really pushed myself to you know be a better student and study really hard for my exams for my finals and i ended up doing pretty well on my finals because i you know made the push to be better and i think it's really all up to someone's mental you know if i wanted to i definitely could have just dropped out but I feel like I pushed myself to work really hard. And that's, I guess, the determining factor when it came down to it. Nice. And did you have any, like, a lot, so a lot of times for me, you know, when I was going through these, like, existential crises or mental <laughs> breakdowns, you know, I was, you yeah. know, going, I was talking with my friends, you know, like, and it really helped me, like, kind of, not, not, you know, comforting me because, I wasn't looking for like, you know, people to like be sad with me. Right. Yeah. But just kind of understanding that at the end of the day, it's just like, it's just exams and it's just grades and there could be like, you know, a lot more, like a lot worse things happening yeah, in your life than, sure. you know, the fact that you got a 60 at an exam or, or something like that. And so, yeah, definitely. I think having kind of like a support from your surroundings, from your friends or family, uh, was a huge part for me for a while yeah. I kind of like stuck through it um, and hopefully we'll finish this year with it like uh, <laughs> one more year fingers you, you crossed yeah, yeah. Well, literally this like finals next month and then one more semester and then that's yeah. it, um, it. So I think what, it definitely gets better you know as you go along yeah so was it was it the same for you like you know your friends kind of helped you uh, with our like family yeah, so for me, it was mostly my friends. Um, since I lived with them, I was able to talk to them every day. Um, being able to just talk to them um, made me feel better. You know, we talk about our own problems and just having someone to talk to in general just made it a whole lot better. 
um when i left for university so university of waterloo i guess is known to have a high suicide rate um along with uft yeah so university of toronto i think has even higher but it is no well known you know people do talk about it a lot and for me my mom was like you know i'd rather you just drop out than ever doing that so i feel like um knowing that in the back of my head knowing that um my family will support me no matter what i do even if i do drop out um it made me feel a little bit better, but I just didn't want to be, I guess, a disappointment to them. So that's what made me, you know, push on a little bit harder. Um, everyone's different. I feel like some people um, need that affirmation of saying, okay, you know what, you got this, you know, you're not doing that bad, you you can do better. But for me, it was more of a reality check. That's what I needed. Um, I needed someone to tell me, okay, you know what, or even myself to tell myself, for me to tell myself, um you're slacking off you know this is all your fault you can be better but you're choosing not to be so for me I think that's what worked for me um just being able to talk to my friends on a daily basis really helped as well but at the end of the day it was up to me to decide okay you're the one who's not working hard enough who's not studying hard enough so you can't really blame anyone else for this except for you so it's up to you to fix the situation and that's what helped for me yeah um and what do you think like uh so so now obviously when you have all that experience uh obviously you're still learning but uh Mm -hmm. we're always learning but what do you feel are like kind of like principles you have now that really help you um you know succeed in in university or your work uh or whatever else you're doing in life do you have like uh like examples would be like a schedule or you know taking responsibility uh, mm-hmm. of everything that like, like you mentioned stuff like that uh so yeah just you know principles that you, you live by for me um one big thing is holding myself accountable so just being able to um re- recognize when i'm the one failing myself when i'm slacking off i'm um usually pretty good at that now being able to tell okay you know what you're slacking off you know this you remember what happened second semester when you slacked off you know I tell myself that um one other thing I tell myself that my dad always tells me is um if it's easy anyone can do it that's something I always tell myself when I'm you know struggling to study I'm like okay I don't understand any of this I don't understand any of this um I just remember him telling me you know if it's easy anyone can do it so uh I just strive to be the best version of myself and i try my best to you know go through the hard times um i've been trying to set up a schedule like a daily schedule at night i would usually try to write down the schedule for the next day so that you know when i wake up i have i guess a purpose for the day you know i have a general outlook on what i'm supposed to do for the day yeah, and it um, feels me, really good, you know, having kind of yeah. like a schedule. And then when you actually do what you plan to do, mm-hmm. like you feel a lot better and it motivates yeah. you to actually do the next thing and the next thing and the next right. thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, I write down, okay, did I do these things? What did I do? What I need to improve on? And I feel like it's a lot better than just living the day and not keeping track of what you've been doing. Because I feel like if I don't do these things a month later, looking back, I'll be like, what did I even do that day? You know? I, I don't want to be uh, look back and be like, okay, did I just waste a whole month, a whole month of my life? I want to look back 
going through my journal, I can be like, okay, I did this this day. I did this this day, you know? It's really helpful. And I feel like it's definitely a good habit that I've been trying to um, maintain recently. Yeah, that's really good. I'm really happy for you. Yeah, it's definitely for me the same. I try to, so at first I was trying to like do, when I was first uh, doing like schedules, I was kind of trying to do like a weekly schedule, but Mm -hmm. that didn't really go as planned because I feel like my schedule is a lot of times like so dynamic and, you know, a lot of like, especially when you get to like uh, the more like senior years of university, then, you know, you have projects and stuff or you're working with someone else. So a lot, a lot of times like things will come up maybe at work, maybe at university. And then it's a lot more urgent than what I already plan to do. So like mm-hmm. weekly schedule, weekly schedules weren't really working for me. I didn't really know like what yeah. I was going to do like three days ahead. So mm-hmm. I kind of had a general idea, but I didn't want to like set it in stone and then feel yeah. bad that mm-hmm. I didn't do it. Right. Yeah. So I just started like doing like, you know, uh, daily schedules. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's it's also easier because when when you're like planning so far ahead, like yeah, it, it's re- it's really hard, and you're like setting kind of like expectations way too high, way too high, right? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and then that can be pretty draining. So definitely, the daily schedules is really is a really good tip. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, even even I, it's it's still hard to like you know keep up with that. As, yeah, as with I, I don't make life, my like, schedules. I don't make my schedules like I guess too detailed. They're usually like by the hour, and I don't hold myself like accountable for like okay at exactly four o'clock. I wrote down I'm going to you know work on my website. It's usually like you know I'll do everything naturally, and around that time I'll be like okay, it's yeah. about time I start on something else. Yeah, and um, so in terms of like more like practical advices, what do you feel like? helps you with your classes at university so like for computer engineering and your computer science software engineering uh, a lot of the courses kind of like have you know presentations and slides Mm -hmm. so it's really hard to like look at that and be like i don't really need to you know write anything yeah yeah i don't really need to be online after yeah and but then you're like go to the exam and basically the questions are really about things in between the lines that, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the lecturer kind of talked about, or he gave like a, you know, like question for you to do at home. Like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that's a really good question. You guys should do it at home and we never yeah. do it. Um, so do you feel like writing some stuff down, like not necessarily just copying because for some people it's really hard to like, you know, write down and actually like listen at the listen, same time. Yeah. But so you just end up writing something and, you're not sure even if you're ever going to look at it again. Like mm-hmm. that was the same for me. I was writing stuff down, but really it felt like the entire lecture I was trying to do is just keep up with whatever you was talking about, just writing that yeah. down, but then never looking at, at it again. So yeah. It really <laughs> uh-huh. Like so- a waste of time. So what do you feel is like a good technique um, that you would try to do or you would want to do or you're already doing? Mm-hmm. um when it comes to like writing down notes um or preparing for yeah exams and homework stuff like that yeah so some of my props you know they will have presentations and then afterwards post them online so one mistake i did uh, early on was saying okay they're posting they're posting the notes online i don't even have to go to class because they're just reading off these lecture notes um big mistake you should definitely go to the classes and listen to what they have to say because even though they do post the notes online, sometimes 
there is a lot of information missing because some of these professors are using notes from like five years ago that they haven't even updated, even though they've, you know, added more stuff to the course. Um, for me, I enjoy writing down um, mostly everything that the professor is writing themselves. Um, I think I learned the best that way because I can go back to it and be like, oh, I remember writing this down instead of just reading through the slides and being being like, okay, yeah, I remember this. But then a week later, I'll go through it again and be like, okay, I definitely don't remember. I don't memorize or I don't understand any of this. Um, I actually just recently got an iPad. So I feel like that will be a lot more helpful yeah. because you know I can download the course notes onto my iPad and then um just write notes yeah write notes directly onto the the presentation i can write down you know what the professor is saying it's all more versatile before i would carry around you know notebooks of notes and i can show you yeah i would lose a lot of pages like i would write down yeah. and then just like just like binders like thick binders trying to organize notes sometimes you know they say it's one thing and then they change their mind they're like okay, never mind you erase yeah, it yeah, and you have yeah. to move things around definitely a lot harder with uh, physical books but I think at least writing down something is probably the most useful way to um, learn and trying to understand what you're learning is definitely also really helpful instead of just trying to memorize it so are you using like notability or good notes whatever yeah. are you using so I use notability I haven't yeah. been um, I got it recently so I haven't uh, tried it out with school yeah. it's mostly just for daily journaling and scheduling yeah. um so i'm really excited to use that but i think notability is pretty nice yeah definitely give the so they have a feature where you like record you can actually like you know use the ipad's microphone to, mm -hmm. to record yeah. and then whatever you write then you can play it back and it mm -hmm. kind of like you know shows you what you were writing as the recording well, goes yeah Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's like really really helpful yeah. because you you know if if you find it easier for uh for you to like study better when from from actually writing or maybe it's easier for you to listen here mm -hmm. you get kind of like a hybrid solution right because it's yeah. it's like you're watching the lecture live again and prior to covid exactly. that was so key because mm -hmm. they were not like they were not recording lectures and yeah. some courses had like either no recordings at all or recordings from like literally like 30 years ago or something weird <laughs> yeah. like that yeah so that was like a really big factor i think you will really enjoy it i think for me mm -hmm. like really really helped and yeah. just it's even better like to organize everything that way i use it for almost anything i literally don't have page i don't i don't i don't even think i have a pen anymore like i don't really yeah. carry those things Transition. around like yeah mm -hmm. everything i do you know when i go over like even scientific papers and stuff like that i do it on my ipad it's really hard to, it's really easy to to like uh you know mark everything and stuff like that yeah so i think yeah you have a reason to be excited that'll really really mm -hmm. help you yeah i feel like it's really nice because you're excited about learning too you're excited about you know yeah. productivity which is really nice yeah um so what would you say were your favorite courses so far? Oh, <laughs> um, you know, I didn't really like most of them. I feel like some of them um, were, I guess you can say useless. I guess I could say that in hindsight. Um, but for me... Give me an I, example of one of them. 
what you just so i course. know if it's like common for like everybody maybe like um i would say like some embedded system courses i wouldn't say they're useless but i think the prof makes it useless i've had a prof where he would literally just read off his slides so you didn't he, he didn't add anything to it he just reads off of them and he just made the course so boring and i haven't been uh, to be honest some of the things were useful like um i guess um i guess like synchronous asynchronous communication stuff like that but i think the prof really makes a difference and if you enjoy a course or not i wouldn't say it's useless more as i just didn't enjoy the course yeah that's a really good point a lot of times it's not the material but rather Mm -hmm. who kind of like teaches the material yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um some of my favorite courses though will probably have to be the programming courses um to be honest before before my before getting to university, I didn't have any coding experience at all, which is you know pretty surprising. Some people think to get into computer engineering you need some sort of coding experience, but for yeah, me, no, they I teach had you from zero. Nothing. Yeah. So for me, I guess those were the more interesting ones because learning about algorithms and how to do things more efficiently, effectively, and learning coding in general is just really rewarding. I feel like when you look at your program run with any without any bugs or warnings it makes you feel like okay you know after all my hours of hard work it finally works you feel very accomplished and that's why i like those courses the most right uh and kind of like the last thing we're going to talk about is what where do you see yourself in let's say five years um Mm -hmm. what is your like goal Uh, it can be you know multiple goals feel free to yeah so for me, um, I think five years, I would be, let's see, 25 by then, I think two years after graduation. Um, hopefully after graduation, I want to either work at like a big major tech company like Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, you know, the big four. Fang. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the, the classic, you know, everyone in Waterloo, we have something called Cali or Bust, you know, get a Cali internship no matter what costs, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's probably one of the more, I guess, basic goals just to, I guess, experience how those tech companies are. Hopefully, you know, work there full time by then or go into the more auto industry such as Ford, Tesla, because I think I do have a passion in these um, in these things and cars. So I feel like going down that path would also be very interesting for me. Um, especially with everything that's going on with like you know self-driving cars and yeah. everything with mm-hmm. artificial intelligence and like combining that with, with automobile automobile companies or yeah yeah so definitely that's something i also want to work at um i just hope that um you know i have a full-time job a stable job uh and most importantly you know i'm happy with where i am i just don't want to be in a situation where i regret going down a path uh, I just want to be a little bit, you know, happy, a little bit relaxed, even if work is a little bit hard and challenging. I feel like if I'm surrounding myself with my friends um, and, and I'm placing myself in a situation where, you know, I can have some freedom to hang out with them. I don't want to be at a job where I'm working literally, you know, all day and getting no sleep and just going to work, sleeping, going to work. I want to be able to enjoy my life a little bit. And uh, do a lot more traveling. That's also something 
I want to do in the future. So those, so those are my goals for five years down the path. Yeah, and you talked about you know you being on TikTok and YouTube and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you like plan on keeping up with that or like you know pursuing you know content creation for the long run? I would say like five years is kind of like long run. yeah Uh, yeah for sure for sure especially with social media i feel like people can definitely you know blow up within a year you know social media is gives you exponential growth um i don't really have any goals set for youtube or tiktok i feel like those are just hobbies for fun like for fun yeah for fun so i don't really set goals i feel like um setting numbers or expectations in social media is a little bit harmful um, just taking a look at the numbers. When I first started TikTok, you know, um, I was growing pretty fast. I was growing about 10,000 followers a month. And when now I'm, I started back in February. Mm-hmm. So it's been almost a year now. And I feel like now I'm just like during, and when I first started slowing down, like getting less followers, I was like really feeling, I was like, Hey, what's wrong with my content? You know? And just from that experience, I learned like, okay, these numbers don't mean anything, you know? I started this for fun, but now it's just becoming, I guess, a task that I have to do every day. I have to make TikToks every day. Not that I get to make TikToks every day. So that distinction made me me realize that I don't really want to focus too much on content creation for the numbers. I want to do it for my own personal enjoyment. So did you slow down on that? Are you still like making, you know, TikToks every single day or you're kind of like doing whenever you have an idea for something? Yeah, I try to post every day, but sometimes I don't get <clears throat> no, the ideas popping into my head as often as they did before. Um, when I first started, I would post three times a day. And now maybe I post four times a week, which is, you know, big difference. You definitely, if you if you do want to blow up, definitely, you know, qu- a quantity, I would say over quality, to be honest, when it comes to content creation, at least on TikTok the more videos you put out there, the more chances they'll go viral. Um, so I feel like, yeah, I just don't want to focus too much into that. Okay. And regarding the goals you mentioned, what do you think is going to like help you achieve it? Or what would you say to like your future self right after this talk? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think would really help you with that? I think definitely, um, doing better in school, trying a little bit more in school. I'm still at the point where, you know, I feel like I'm still slacking off a little bit when it comes to my studies. Um, I'm starting school on Monday, actually. And I know for sure, since it's online again, thank you. I know I'm going to slack off again, you know, know, still having the freedom of online, especially now with everything being recorded. You basically just watch everything at your own pace. Um, I guess for my future self to me right now, I would tell myself to work harder um sacrifice you know a little bit of my precious free time spending it with friends instead of just i mean instead of spending time you know playing games um sacrifice a little bit and study study hard because you know in the future it'll pay off uh i think that's basically my primary way of thinking at the moment all right cool and where can the listeners and watchers find you on which platforms so yeah, they can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Um, so my link is um, at Leon, L-E-O-N-X-Z-Y. Uh, they can find me anywhere using that, I guess, yeah. 
the the handle. You can also find me on Twitch. I've been also trying to start streaming a little bit more. Why are you streaming? Playing video games. Yeah, play a little bit of video games. Yeah. What what video games do you play? Um, I play a bit of Valorant, and I just started Valorant. I, I don't really like it that much. I do play it, um, but I do enjoy Call of Duty the most. All right, let's link up when I build my game in PC. We'll okay, for sure, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah, play yeah. a little bit. I used to yeah, play yeah. Halo competitively. Oh, really? A little bit, yeah. Mm. Uh, my friend used to play. Know, one of the best, but yeah. My friend used to play Call of Duty competitively, and he's like the movement and everything from competitive to amateur is like, it's crazy the difference, the skill level. So yeah, we should definitely hit me up yeah. when you can get yeah. that done. So yeah, links to all of his socials will be in the description um leon thank you so much for joining first episode <laughs> super random instagram dm <laughs> thank you thank you i really appreciate you yeah <laughs> i hope, hope you, you create it. more yeah uh i got some lined up for next week uh good, two good, more nice. one from australia one from mit then some more nice. lined nice, up nice. so yeah definitely stay tuned for that and yeah again thank you so much and thank you so much have a good day yeah best of luck to you too Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.